but I feel like you shouldn't have the fear that if you say something to Wanda that upsets her, that she's going to bleak you out the universe. Ain't she supposed to be a hero? Is she? This is another annual issue. Ooh, yeah. <laughs> this is, well, I mean, like in today's age of comics, 25 is an annual issue. <laughs> I know, right? <laughs> uh, hello, everyone. I am Keenan. What's up, y'all? I am LZ. How are you doing today, LZ? I'm good. You know, um, it's looking like it's going to be a nice day out. Um, I'm going to catch up later on some comic books I've been falling behind on on Marvel Unlimited. Um, if y'all don't have Marvel Unlimited, definitely get it because yes. it is um, pretty great. They have like everything there. And DC is also very good. Yeah, that one's also great. I use, I do the annual like uh, subscriptions. So mm. like for 60, 70 bucks a year, you get all these comics and Marvel is now only three months behind. <laughs> which yeah. which makes it harder for me to catch up because like they're constantly putting new stuff out. <laughs> <laughs> but I'm definitely going to be using that later so I can catch up. Yeah, no, I am very much an advocate of all of those subscription services. I think they're amazing. They're how I do a lot of my deep dives on characters. I never would have gotten to Enchantress mm-hmm. if, you know, I didn't have Marvel Unlimited. So yeah. shout out to them for that. For sure. And all right. And so speaking of comics, let's go ahead and get to the ones of the week. Let's do it. So now I'm I'm not going to lie to you. This was actually kind of a small week for me. I didn't have too much coming out. Yeah, me neither. This was a really small pull for me. I only had a couple books on my list. But we had some quality in there. And um, one of those was Taskmaster number four, Jed McKay and Alessandro UT. Now. (laughs) Yes. This is absolutely. Okay, so. For those who have not been following this book, again, Maria Hill is dead. Mm-hmm. And Taskmaster have, has been framed for the murder. And so he basically has to go and get these energy readings from certain people to figure out who's setting them up, what's going on, who killed Maria, how he can clear his name. While he's doing this, Black Widow is trailing him, trying to kill him for killing Maria. Now, in this issue, Taskmaster finds himself in Wakanda because he has to get the signature like from the kinesthetic signature of Okoye. Yeah, that's what it was. At. I was like, I cannot remember what that is called right now. <laughs> <laughs> I got you. But yeah, he has to get that one from Okoye. Um, and so doing that, we get like a lot of nice commentary from Taskmaster himself. I think there's a really good moment in the uh, beginning pages of it where he's kind of parachuting down into Wakanda and he's talking about a conversation he had with Bullseye and Bullseye was like bragging about killing Elektra and Taskmaster starts talking about how he has a rule to not kill wives, mothers, or kids. And he yeah, was like, that was really know, cool. 
Yeah. And I was just like, he's like, it's gross. <laughs> he's like, why would I right. do right. <laughs> And he's like, but you know, also it's the thing. It's like when you go over after these uh, people's like wives and their moms, he's like, it's just giving these, like these heroes are waiting for someone in their like personal lives to be attacked. And he's like, once you do that, they're going to come at you even harder than they would have ever before. And he's like, no, I wouldn't do that. So that was a really nice moment. For yeah. It's been nice. I like that. Play. I like that line that he had in there that was like, um, it always seems like they're just waiting for a dead woman to motivate them. And I was like, yeah. you know, okay. wow. <laughs> okay. We, we call it fridging. Right. Right. And I like that he was like, I'm not doing it. I'm taking no parts in that. <laughs> yeah. So that was a really cool. Um, but then he basically gets down in Wakanda. He's automatically discovered. He disrespects some of the guards. So they put him in prison. You know, they bring him out a couple of days later to kind of, I mean, not a couple of days later, but a couple of hours later, like teach him a lesson, but he's fighting these guards. And like, this is so different from the previous issues where he's been fighting Hyperion and um, White Fox, because he's like, these are henchmen. He's right. like, I can be, he's like, I can beat them up super easy. And it's like really good to see it. He's like, I'm enjoying it. You know, then Okoye kind of jumps down. And so they go at it. And I, I really like the push that Okoye has been getting in the Black Panther. Yeah. It's yeah. I really feel like they've been, they've been really like making her like the big, like general of all of the yeah. guards and stuff in, in Wakanda. I think that's pretty cool. I like, I like when, you know, that MCU synergy can do some good to a character, <laughs> you know? Like, it really did serve her well. Um, yeah. And so she attacks Master, like, he kind of flirts with her a little bit, too, which is nice to see. Mm-hmm. Um, and after <laughs> the fight, she, you can tell she kind of respects him, and he can see that she also kind of respects him. And, like, it's really, it's just, or she's impressed by him, rather. Not necessarily respects right. him, but, like, she's impressed by the skill that he displays. But... I mean, Taskmaster was in here fighting. Okay, like giving her the work. These fight scenes were cool. Giving her the work. Like, again, Alessandro Vitti's art is like amazing here. Um, The action scenes are well done. Like you said, they're fighting. It just looks good to see. But he's inadvertently turned over to the U.S. government as like his huge punishment. And we find out it's just Nick Fury Jr. who's been helping him this whole time. He's got all his signatures. They're about to go crack the case. But... Black Widow is still on the trail and she is not looking happy. No, I liked in this book that it felt like Taskmaster was using like that Wakandan pride as his way in to get that signature from her. You know, I feel like he knew he knew that they were going to they were going to lock him up and that if he could like push them enough, they would want to kind of see actually his skill or whatever if he challenged Mm -hmm. them enough. And I like that it was it was he used that tactic to kind of get in. So him getting caught was all a part of his plan, <laughs> you know. Um, and it's been good. Like yeah. again, Taskmaster was probably one of my favorite. I guess I guess he's kind of like he's a villain, but I kind of throw him in the antihero group a little bit sometimes because mm-hmm. he does the right yeah. thing on occasion. I love Taskmaster. Yeah. And he's just this is just the fun series. Again, Jen McKay is like one of my favorite writers right now, knocking out of the park. I don't I have not read anything from him yet that I did not enjoy. Yeah, I've always been a fan of Taskmaster, and he's been one of those characters that I think I've just liked seeing the way that he fights and uh, his quips and everything. But this series has really, like, let me into the mind of Taskmaster for me. And it's been really great. He's an awesome character. I wish this was continuing as an ongoing. It should be. I don't know why Taskmaster doesn't have an ongoing. It would be nice to see. Um, I would would like to continue. I did like to see the sales figure to see how it's doing um yeah but boost it guys read it it's amazing i would give this a four out of five easily also four out of five 
All right. And so next up, I know you're still getting caught up on this, but we have Daredevil number 28. Yeah, I'm still Chip caught up. and Marco Chitessa. Now, last issue was the King in Black tie-in. We're done. We're out of King Oh, we're done. Okay, great. We're done. <laughs> like, we're free. Okay. <laughs> it's um, a freedom. <laughs> it's a freedom. Um, but this one, this is just like kind of a nice little downtime issue. Again, Zadarsky's doing a lot of work here with Matt in prison and kind of like just dealing with basically the broken prison system as a whole and just like racism within it, you know, privilege within it, uh, the violence that happens inside of it it's just it's really well it's 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 good again this is not the first time that matt has been in prison or we've gotten like a daredevil in prison story but this is the first time it's kind of had this level of nuance and it's just it works really well here the art is fantastic it's just so oh yeah Chisato's art is really really good um the way he draws electra and her hair Ooh, just, I can't, I can't wait to get to like, it, yes. The hair is everything, you know? Um, and it, I think this this book has also been really good for Electra too. You know, I think she's one of those characters where she's cool and mm-hmm. everybody kind of likes to see her come in. You know, you know she's going to do some damage. She's going to have her side. She's going to fight. She's going to like give the girls that work. But then that's kind of all she's going to do. And so yeah. I think this is the first time I've ever really gotten like deep into the mindset of Electra and like her character. She's really trying to understand why Matt does everything he does. And so she's looking at everything from his perspective. She kind of saved like this kid during the King and Black tie-in. And so she's been like looking over him oh, in okay. this issue. And it's just like some really nice moments with her that come about. And I think as an Electra fan, you're really going to enjoy it. Oh, I'm excited to get to that. It sounds like my girl is getting some some actual characterization because um you know she is a character that i think i've always just kind of really liked watching her fight (laughs) you know Mm -hmm. um and but um there hasn't been too much of her personality ever really shown it it's there but um you know she's mostly just there to really kind of be cool um so i hope that with when i get to that we get to see a little bit more of her and she stays on my list of characters that i like (laughs) <laughs> despite d- despite just liking the, watching them fight <laughs> yeah no I totally get that um and Matt's kind of like building a nice little I guess support system in the prison like there's this one guy who he kind of talks with and um but the guy ends up like killing himself in the prison it's actually really oh sad. snap okay yeah but it's like Matt feels guilty about it because he finds out that he's actually the one who prosecuted the guy mm. and so but like even the, but the doctor was like, even trying to tell him, she's like, you know, it's not your fault. You didn't send him here. Uh, Spider-Man actually like caught him and sent him. Oh. And he's like, yeah, but he was prosecuted by Matt Murdock. And that was me. And so it's like, here's this guy in prison. He was scared. It, 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 again, it's just a really nice story and a good look at Daredevil in prison in a brand new way. Okay. Four out of five. Today. All right. It was a good week. All right, great week. Yes, <laughs> we keep it, keeping it high with the scores. Yes. Um. So next up, oh, so we had a new number one. I don't know if you read it. Children of the Atom from Vita Ayala and Bernard Chang. I did not read that. That uh, did not seem like it was going to be for me. <laughs> I no, I did not. Um. So I think I would agree with you that I don't think it was for you. Um, oh, okay. The, it's, I made the right decision. 
it was a strange issue for me. I feel like there are some interesting things that Vita's trying to do in the book, especially around these kids in just terms of, I guess, appropriation versus appreciation would be oh. a good way to look at it. Okay. These kids appear to be humans and they just seem to be like fans of the X-Men and fans of mutants in general. And they've kind of like gotten this technology that's giving them powers. They're like going out, being superheroes. They're like actually saving, uh, they're like stopping a robbery from depowered mutants. And like the depowered mutants are like- So, they, so they're humans? Yes, I think so. It gets okay. a little, it get, so this is again, this is why it's kind of strange. It gets a little confusing at certain points because like you're kind of sitting around wondering like, are these humans, are they like depowered mutants who like can't access anymore? Because they like also go through this whole kind of process of Krakoa and how they like want to go to Krakoa. But at the end of the issue, we see them trying to go through a gate and it doesn't work. Oh, okay. Um, but it's also weird because apparently the print issue and the digital issue had different final pages. So it like confused oh. a lot of people about what was oh. going on because like on one of the pages, it looked like they stepped through the gate and they were on Krakoa and the other one, like they were still like just in front of it at the pier that they were, where it was. Oh, okay. Yeah. I wonder if that wasn't done on purpose. It sounds like it'd have to be right. If they have two different endings, like. Marvel never um, commented on it. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> well, really, no, it's just it's just like something like people on the internet just start noticing. Because um, like a lot of, again, a lot of people were like confused about what kind of happened, so people like started posting the final pages, and it was like, oh no, there's two different pages, like depending on which one you got. Mm. Okay. Um, there is also a moment where we like see some of the older X Men together, like so we see Jean, Storm, Cyclops, uh, Nightcrawler, Logan. They're talking about the kids. So basically, Pixie, Maggot, and Magma went to the kids and were basically like, "Oh, come back to Krakoa with us." And the kids were like, "Not right now. We got some stuff going on." So then we see the older X Men and they're talking about the kids, mentioning how they're not detectable by Cerebro. Um, and it gets a little strange because again, Wolverine basically starts making the argument that they need to kidnap the kids pretty much and like bring them to Krakoa because they don't know any better. And it, it, it's just, it's huh? just, a, it's just weird. Like, it's just kind of like weird dialogue. Uh, I, I get, it's nice because you get the feeling of like old school comics, like, you know, characters just hanging around doing nothing interacting, bonding, um, and you get it in this new era of Krakoa. So it's like, oh, okay, like that's refreshing, but it's like the the, the, the dialogue is weird. It just doesn't feel natural to them. Um, I just, I, as a whole, I just really did not enjoy this issue that much, honestly. Again, I think there is a lot of interesting things that Vita is trying to do here. And I see some of the metaphors that are running through, but it just, it was off. Bernard Chang's art I do enjoy. I think the facial expressions are really nice. I think a lot of the, there's also some like weird panels, I will say in the beginning, that make the battles a little bit confusing. You don't really know what's happening. It jumps back and forth. So it feels a little bit disjointed. Huh. And yeah, I, you know, I keep saying I like it, but then I keep remembering things that I didn't like. <laughs> 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 uh, 
and there's this one part where one of the kids is like they're like at the school and they're like talking about mutants and like why they like mutants and again like it kind of brings up that feeling of like appropriation versus appreciation okay talking about like dazzler and one of the kids makes a comment how dazzler has a new song out with lizzo and Hmm. Hmm. I personally just don't like when creatives do that in their books. I feel like it dates the issues in a way that doesn't need to be done. It's like when I read something with Aqualad and he talks about liking the Wu-Tang Clan. It's just like, yeah, yeah, like yeah it's, it was, I think it would have been, I think it would have hit a little bit hard if they had like Dazzler um, doing her feature with someone else in the Marvel Universe, like Luna Snow. Who's supposed oh, to be yeah. Like, you know, like I think something okay. like that would have been nice. Um so if they would have made some kind of comment about like Dazzler trying to chase a hit or something and that's why she was working with Lizzo that would have been kind of cute yes because again Dazzler is the Tanache of the Marvel Universe I I said that before (laughs) and I will say it again she is like she makes some decent music every now and again she's got a very strong cult talented girl she you know um, she's got it but it don't hit she got bops i like some of tanache's songs um but i see what you're saying so i feel like they, if they were doing something like that in the book then sure but if they just have a mention of of lizzo in it just i don't know to make it relevant to today that feels off then you're dating your book you know it was weird. Again, I, but I also think about like the premise of this book as a whole. And I just think about how Vita said it wasn't their premise to begin with. You know, this was pitched by the editor, Chris Robinson, who I actually don't think is editing the books anymore. Oh, and how, how long has this pitch been sitting around then? Just... <laughs> for a while. I think this was like very early in the Donovex phase. Oh, wow. Okay. Um, you know, Chris Robinson had this like idea about like the X-Men having sidekicks and all this stuff. And they basically approached Vita like, hey, Vita, write it. And Vita was like, sure. But again, I think about when the X-Men having sidekicks is just not something that's interesting to me personally. Mm-mm. Mm-mm. So I, f- I feel like it's I feel like the point is to kind of get to the level of joining the X-Men. So mm-hmm. I understand the idea of students, but I don't know about sidekicks really, you know. And nothing wrong with the students being inspired by the older generations of, of X-Men, but I don't necessarily mix them with sidekicks, you know. Yeah, it's it's I don't know. It's a weird book. Again, I see it. I kind of get what they're going for, but I just don't think, I don't think I'll stick with this past this issue, unless I hear some like really great reviews about it mm-hmm. um, for the second issue or so. I, I think. This and they're humans. Done for me. Yeah, they're human. And they I got the powers from like. On the X-Men? <laughs> yeah, that's wow. Huh. That's not what I'm here to see. Uh-uh. No, thanks. So um, honestly, if I had to rate it, I'd give it like a two out of five. Okay, that means it's not going to be making it put it on my pool, but I'm sure some people liked it. <laughs> All right, and um, rounding the list out, Eternals number three. Now this Gillen, is going to be on my. This is on my pool. <laughs> <laughs> okay, this is this is the one. <laughs> Man, I'm gonna. This was definitely my now. my book of the week. Because, like you just said, I think I'm an Eternals fan now because <laughs> this is great. Um, I you know, feel like maybe it's just because I don't know a lot about these characters or anything. It's so but, fresh. It's like yeah. so fresh and new, and like you're learning so much. And I just kind of think the history they're building up around these characters, again, because we don't know them, is just very exciting to read about. 
and getting those personalities, the interactions like Cersei and Athena, and they're kind of like passing. You know, I love a good feud. Love a good housewife. I, when I when I was reading, this, <laughs> I was like, I know if Kenan's reading this, he is getting his life because <laughs> I love a good housewife feud. You know, so yes. it was like reading those interactions was great. Kingo, I love the fact that it was kind of revealed that he's like not actually a ninja and he's just pretending right. to be one. <laughs> like, how can I not love that? <laughs> I loved I loved when Thina was like, you're not really a ninja. Like, stop. <laughs> like, I'm so annoyed. Um, and, you know, of course, we're building around the mystery of, like, who, um, like, murdered, murdered, murdered the big bad Eternal. And then we also have Icarus kind of hanging around with the family. Of right. This boy who he feels like he needs to protect. Toby Robertson, I feel like his name was. Um, and we see him interacting with the family. And I thought that, you know, Karen does a really good job with, the humanity of the people you know they see icarus kind of like standing outside and they're just like the guy's like this is going to bring my property value down and right like, <laughs> and he's like you know we all see this giant standing this hero floating ominously and we think like oh that's great he's probably here to protect us but then you think oh damn like if he's here that means something bad is coming right i love the way that the people were just like so like it's a part of their life. It makes you feel like it's so, the yeah. Marvel universe is like alive. Yeah. It's like this is a part of their lives. <laughs> and they know it again. Like they said, there's like stuff like this happens all the time. They're just like, I don't know if it's a good thing or a bad thing. But like again, that's I feel like that's how you'd react to it if like you were in that actual type of situation. So that was really fun to see. And then he kind of like sits down with the family, and we get those interactions. Uh, they've been doing a really good job of balancing like the humor, the humor and the severity of the situation that's going on if anything i think the humor actually like enhances how tense a lot of the stuff is because you know you're kind of looking like oh this is funny and it's like oh wait but this is funny because things are really bad right now right, <laughs> so it's right. like what else you gonna do but laugh um ribbix art is just amazing the painted style is absolutely fantastic matt wilson's colors are just out of this world you know everybody knows i'm a colorist stand like i go up for the colorists i think they're the backbone of the comic book industry and they deserve everything and matt wilson is like reminding me why yeah i liked the way that he kind of how he like colored the hair so i've always yeah. felt like um cersei with her the way that he colored her hair with the like the texture and stuff that he used there was different than how he did it with thena because yeah. it was like blonde and stuff. I thought that that was really cool. Um, uh, I loved the like the way that the colors kind of all also like flow into each other and the battles and everything. Um, mm -hmm. I feel like I am <laughs> loving the the battles between Cersei and Thena. Thena seems to be very emotional, <laughs> you know. <laughs> and Cersei is not. <laughs> Cersei is not. I was like, I like Cersei. <laughs> Whereas like. Athena is just like <laughs> falling in love all the time and okay. like just losing focus. <laughs> Crying after a battle, like, girl, what are you going through? <laughs> right. It was it was really good. I also liked that they, when they had these kind of flashbacks, that they were in these costumes that I kind of known the Eternals to be in when they were kind of first yes. introduced, which was really kind of playing up their history and everything. I liked the way that that was used there. I also think I also think Thena's crown thing is cool. I like it. <laughs> the, the costumes look really good. Like everyone looks really good in this book. Yeah. Um, yeah. 
I'm an Eternals fan. That's crazy. Right? Who would have guessed? <laughs> but here I am. You know, this is like, making me really, really hyped for the movie, to be honest. like Yes, also. <laughs> I'm excited to like see a lot of this stuff on screen because this is a really great book. Like, I need a trailer now. And like, I also think um, I've been trying to decide, like, do I like the Eternals just because, again, it's new and exciting right now? Or are all their stories this good? If you're an Eternals fan, please let me know if all their stories are this good. Because I, again, Marvel Unlimited. We'll right. go back and read them. <laughs> <laughs> I'll definitely go back and check some of this out. Um, and I think it's interesting to have characters that literally never die. Um, and yes. not and not in a sense where the X-Men just got there. You know what I mean? I feel like the X-Men yeah. just got to the point of kind of this resurrection process. But the Eternals, like that is a part of what they are. They are eternal. Yeah. And to make these types of characters interesting, I think is a feat in itself because I feel like immortal characters can never really get the 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 grand standard that they probably deserve because where's the threat? They're always going to be there. Yeah. <laughs> um, so this has been great. Five out of five. Definitely. Add it to your pull, y'all. This is great. <laughs> add it. Add it. Eternals fans, everyone. Yes. Um, so those were the big books to go over for the week. There were a couple of other things that came out that I ran through as well. You know, I think people should still pick up Immortal Hulk. 44 was out. Mm. American Vampire 17, I mean, 1976 was out. Uh, there was this Wolverine anthology that's been out, like Red, White, and Blood. It's been cool, you know. There's been some things, but you guys should keep it up. Keep checking out. Those are the big ones. Nice. All right, let's go ahead. Let's take a little break, and then we'll come back for a very exciting panel. Oh, this will be fun. <laughs> let's do it. All right, y'all, welcome back for the panel section of the show. And this week, I wanted to have a bit of a discussion on Wanda Maximoff, the Scarlet Witch. Lord. You know, we have we have been coming out of the of WandaVision and uh, amazing show, I must say. Um, I, fantastic show. Fantastic show. Uh, I still think it's one of the better things that has come out of the MCU. Um, but I wanted to talk about the Scarlet Witch. Now, I have not been the biggest fan of her. <laughs> um, her powers are cool. They're flashy. Um, but I, you know, I don't really like magic like that. So, like, already I'm not really into it. <laughs> Wrong side of history. No, I'm on the right side. Okay, science. <laughs> <laughs> it's where it's at. <laughs> um, but, you know, I've, she's done a lot of things in, in the 616 yes. universe. And I've always wondered, could she be redeemed? You know, her biggest probably error, I guess you can call it, in her head anyway, it's just a mistake, was the whole House of M thing. Mm -hmm. And her getting rid of almost all of the mutants outside of like a little over 200. So a little right. less than 200, actually. Um, so is that something that you think could actually be redeemed from her? And that's kind of what I want this panel discussion to be about. She got rid of an entire race of people um, outside of a little less than 200 and kind of just skated by, like that was <laughs> that was kind yeah. of it. So, and I feel like a lot of X-Men fans 
were kind of have this grudge against her, you know, because of the mm-hmm. things, because of what she did there. Um, but, and I, that's kind of also been like a big deterrent for her story. Her, she kind of was always this Avenger that was around and she could create, use her chaos magic to kind of do whatever while she was on the team, you know, being with Vision and she had her own kind of stories there. But then as her powers grew, it became a story of she's kind of yeah. too powerful and she's gonna, you know, mess up reality for everybody. And I've always wondered, can you fix that for her? So um, do you do you think the House of M can kind of be fixed for her? I mean, so I guess I guess for me, when I think about Wanda and Redemption, and I have, I've, I've tweeted about this before as well, it's just kind of when you think of redemption, what do you, I guess, what do you want to see from her in that redemption? Because she's kind of gotten to the point where she's apologized for the mutants, like for House of M and like depowering all those mutants. We've seen her actively try to fix that mistake. She did it with Richter in Children's Crusade. She did it with Hope um, at the end of AVX and like activating the five lights in the mutant gene. She even tried to do it again a little bit um, with Genosha in the X-Men Empire, resurrecting all those dead mutants, even if it did go wrong. So she's even said like i'm done apologizing for it we had that whole little feud with her and rogue during uncanny avengers because rogue was very much like girl do you know who you are and scarlet was like (laughs) and scarlet was like yeah (laughs) yeah she was very much like yeah bitch i know who i am and so you know now i think about when you think of the x-men and krakoa as a whole right now they kind of see her as an antagonist and the pretender but we've seen maybe magneto still has like some type of sympathy for her i know there's been like a data page of beast kind of like saying he wants to see her try and walk through a gate and i i I don't know i guess i guess it's like what is redemption like is she is she like being burned at the stake in front of everybody on krakoa is she like just because even when you think of wanda she when she was a mutant before the retcon she never liked being a mutant right (laughs) you know (laughs) Um, so it's, I feel like before you can even redeem her, you have to make her a mutant again, and then you have to take her story to a place where she's actually okay with being one. And mm-hmm. she finds peace with herself in being a mutant, because until you have that, she's always going to be looked at, even if you can forgive her for House of M and all the other stuff. It's just like, she's, she hates, she hates herself. Right. And it's like, you have to help her get beyond that he- uh, self-hatred before you can do anything. She reminds me of like a black conservative woman. She's like Stacey Dash. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> she's, I like, mean, yeah. She, <laughs> she's like, she's like, she's basically Stacey Dash and like telling you, oh yeah, like all these respectability politics about mutants and how you're bad and blah, 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 blah. And it's like, you're kind of like the worst one of them. And the worst example mm. of that. And so then you want to come back and be like, okay, well, actually, maybe you're not that bad. But actually, no, she's never said you're not that bad. She's just been like, oh, get over it. I'll fix it. But how she feels about mutants is probably still the same. Right. I've never really heard or seen her her views on mutants kind of change. The only time I've ever really seen her kind of be kind of pro-mutant was there were some issues in West Coast Avengers, I want to say like maybe 57, 58, something around there. But she had been basically like shocked into feeling that way because it was right after she lost her children. And mm. she kind of she kind of went into this like kind of 
coma basically where she just couldn't even be touched she just was completely out of it and when she was kind of awakened she ended up being controlled and her powers went crazy and she joined up with magneto again they had magneto basically like representing all villainous things and while she joined up with magneto she was very much like oh i'm a mutant like i'm all about mutant supremacy i'm going to help my father do whatever but again that felt more like oh my gosh she crazy and she just like lost our control of her powers versus how she actually felt about mutants so outside of that it always felt like for me that she was she was a mutant but didn't really care about like mutant causes so she kind of distanced herself from it and for me with that redemption i don't think she necessarily has to be a mutant per se but I think she would have to kind of show, she would have to kind of like do something where she did it in, in fight for Krakoa currently. If we're if there was gonna be some kind of redemption for her now, yeah. I don't know. Krakoa to, would have to be like under attack or something, and she would have to be the thing that like fixed it. Where people kind of saw that she she was defending Krakoa and defending mutants. Now by the end of it, she could walk away and just be like all right, y'all, like, I've done my piece. I protected yeah. you from this, even though, like, the last time my powers went insane, I, you know, destroyed all of you. And yeah. then she could be able to just kind of walk away from that. And then I think the redemption or how people view her would just be up to them at that point, you know? I, I can agree with that because, again, like I said, I think a big thing about what Wanda's done, everything she's done has been to try and fix the situation. However it's either a kind of cause some more problems or b she just kind of walks away from it after that you know um and we still again don't get how she feels about mutants i agree that i don't think she has to be a mutant but she she has to show something that says that oh i actually do recognize you all as like real people and i'm not just doing this just to clear my name of like a sin i feel like i feel like there have been some discussions that have people questioned like members of the council and how they have been quote unquote redeemed on Krakoa versus versus the Scarlet Witch but in in my fave's defense (laughs) you know (laughs) Magneto and Exodus like did they really do things that were that bad (laughs) again again, it's when you kind of just look at the 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 X-Men as a marginalized group of people it's like anything that they did that was quote unquote bad was for the preservation of their people. Exactly. The preservation of their way of life. So it's like, even if it was technically bad, it's like, eh, mm. like, you know, am I, am I, am I, am I bad if I like March for Jar- George Floyd or something like that? You know what I'm saying? Right. It, it, right. It's just like, it, it, it doesn't really make sense. Whereas like Wanda, <laughs> what she, <laughs> what she did was bad. You know what I'm saying? Like, you know, whether now it's... Is, do you think that that's, like, innate with her powers because it is chaos magic? I've always thought that chaos magic is supposed to be, like, unstable or, like, unpredictable with how it works. I don't know. I mean, I guess you could make that argument, but I kind of just think Wanda's a bad person. Like, <laughs> just... Well, damn. And just, like, you know, getting past the powers and all the things that she's done, when I think about like the character of Wanda and like the stories that I've read with her, she's not very pleasant. Um, well, and isn't she, she's the mother of your uh, fave. 
Yeah. <laughs> What's that? Mean? <laughs> <laughs> you know, um, uh, I thought by extension you were, like, oh, you were kind of give give her some grace. He's pleasant. She's not. She's just not a nice woman. Like I think you know, it's we often talk about like comic book characters and like how they would fit into the real world. And so a lot of times you think of these stories, they're like, oh, if this character was real, like would I be friends with them? Would I get along with them? And it's like, no, I absolutely I would not get not. along with Wanda Maximoff. <laughs> I was like, absolutely not. Like no, she's she just not, like no, we would not get along. And so she's mm. just not that type of person to me from what I've seen and what I've read. I think um Again, yes, the argument of her just being chaos is in there, but I also just think she's kind of just an unpleasant person who tends to do whatever she wants because mm-hmm. that's just who she is. I mean, also though, like she's powerful enough that who gonna check? Who gonna check her? Like Rogue. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Rogue don't care. She's down to check her. <laughs> Rogue. It's it's you know, and that's the other thing I think about with Wong too. It's like, you know, we always look at her like, oh, she's so powerful. Who's gonna check her? What? She can get slapped just like anybody else. <laughs> and like it means nothing. And, and and see, and then that's the other thing right there. That's the other thing right there. It's like, why are people so afraid to check her? Why are we why are so you powerful. so powerful? Why are you so but Blue Marvel is powerful, but you're not gonna be afraid. I ain't to checking his ass him. either. <laughs> <laughs> maybe it's just me. Maybe I'm confrontational and I would check. But it's just like, but I feel like you shouldn't have the fear that if you say something to Wanda that upsets her, that she's gonna bleak you out the universe. Ain't she supposed to be a hero? Is she? No. I mean, I feel like she if she's I was an there, Avenger. Aren't the Avengers here? She she's a cop. Wanda is a cop. <laughs> to like the fullest extent like she's not someone you can trust wanda is someone that is going to just literally if you blink you out of existence if you say the wrong thing so i feel like she exactly and it's like you shouldn't you shouldn't feel like that like you should you that shouldn't that shouldn't be something that so then what do you do with her you keep her around or you let her go do whatever she wants to do because you I can't mean, really let her. If you let her do whatever she wants to do, that's how you end up with House of M, you know. I, I don't think you should. Or Westview. She wants to, okay. <laughs> <laughs> I don't think she should be left alone. I, you know, but I'm also, I also understand that I don't have to like every character on the team or like in in some type of setting. So it's like it's perfectly fine for her Agreed. to be around and like me not really enjoy her, but she still serve her purpose on the team. She is powerful. She does know about magic. She can give you some knowledge here and there um, when she's not possessed or changing the world to fit her whim or just bossing people around and blinking them out of existence. And I found it interesting that she is a teacher at that school for magic now, but she don't even got control of her own damn powers. Well, I think she has control now. I think like she's gotten better with it. I think that's like okay. Has she? She's supposed. To, she's supposed to be good at it. Okay, so she has gained control over her powers now. That's good for her. I like I said, I don't keep up with. I don't know what's going on in the magic world. I just, I just know when everything gets affected by it. So, I, I just assume her, her powers have always been a little like you know they kind of like go back and forth on what it is, whether it's magic, whether it's reality warping, whether it's like probability skills, blah 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 blah. But I'm pretty sure that she has like control over whatever it's supposed to be. Okay. I just don't know how do you 
how do you move that character forward when all she's ever done is like harm stuff and then kind of apologize for it and keep going? How do you kind of really fix her? Me personally, I, I, I don't mind the teacher role for her. I think- um, You think she needs it, a student? Yeah, because like it, it because again, magic, like you said, magic is a very powerful thing. She is a very powerful woman and like a big part of teaching is teaching control. And that's something that Wanda has kind of like struggled with for a very long time. So it's like, you know, watching her finally actually get con um, control of the control and teaching it to somebody else would be a nice thing to see. I think magic as a whole in Marvel just needs to be kind of reworked a little bit and made into like a big a bit of a bigger thing and like explain more uh, how it works we've always kind of carved that niche out for strange and nobody else well i know they tried in that solo series for wanda but even that was like eh, okay yeah uh, it so feels like magic is much bigger in dc and kind of more defined more in dc than it is yeah. over on marvel yeah totally so Maybe if they wanted to put her in that type of role where she kind of like does that and just like explores all of the magic throughout the Marvel Universe. Um, you might need a bigger Wanda fan though to ask where they want her. <laughs> I did like the relationship she had with uh, Dr. Voodoo. I wouldn't mind seeing them like in a series together doing something. Oh, okay. Did you like them more than her and Vision together? Or was it just something different? I think it was just something different. I mean, I'm, a, okay. I'm, I'm a, Vision and Wanda is not really like a couple that resonates with me either. So. Right, 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 right. <laughs> uh, That's fair. Uh, but I I've come to really like, like them together, especially Wanda Vision really like hyped Vision. that up for me. So I've come to realize I like Vision a lot more than I thought I did. Right? Um, is it because Paul Benny Tall? No, I don't like tall men. Oh, I do. <laughs> okay. I love a short man. Um, I, I don't know. I just, I, I just really realized I like Vision a lot more, and especially like when we kind of uh, did the character the panel on Vision, and like I had to read all those old comics with him. I was like, oh, he's yeah. like actually interesting. He's fine. Um, so I don't know. I don't know if I'd say I like it better than Wanda in Vision, but it is something different that I enjoy. Okay. Hmm. I feel like I feel like you can kind of redeem Wanda in a way that that is both both services the character and the universe going forward and I think that you're right that it could probably be something where she is teaching someone and you can kind of see her her whatever knowledge that she's kind of gained throughout the years of her practicing her own magic and you see her kind of instill that in somebody else that could help but i also do think that if she and our probably to redeem herself to the mutants she probably has to do something in favor of the mutants and like show them that she's kind of on their side anyway um so maybe you know when it's time for the machine uprising which it seems like might be soon <laughs> with that nimrod cover maybe she's the thing that like helps you know wipe that them out or nice. something and she's like their their kind of secret weapon or whatever um i'm not i don't necessarily need her to be a mutant again i would only need her, i would only same. want her to be a mutant so we can get quicksilver <laughs> because i do same, miss, same, 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 i same. do miss quicksilver's interactions with the x-men and with some of the mutants and stuff he's great um quicksilver actually might be the one who you'd kind of have to send down the redemption arc because yes 
Wanda depowered the mutants and all of that stuff, but you can make the argument that she was crazy. Pietro was the one who convinced, actually, no, Pietro's had a little bit of his redemption arc already. He had it in the all new X Factor mm-hmm. had with the servo industries thing and like depowered mutants were like kind of coming out against him. Bring Pietro back to the X Men. Yes. Yes. Let's wake that you up. You know, if to do something with Pietro, I feel like I would want to see him go through the crucible. Ooh. And I feel like I don't know how they could do something where he would be able to get his like mutant gene back, but between Scarlet Witch and Quicksilver, I'd rather see him in like go through the crucible or something and then re- be reborn as a mutant. And with Wanda, she can do something in defense of Krakoa, but she doesn't have to be made a mutant again. She could just, you know, go yeah. back to being an Avenger. She really liked that. I like both of those ideas a lot. Yeah. Yeah. I think that'd be really dope. Um, I don't know. I don't know how it could happen, <laughs> but I would, I would like to see it um, because Quicksilver is a lot of fun and I would hate for him to kind of end up being cast aside because of the things that went on with his sister, even though he yeah. also was like, and we're obviously going to talk about this later while we um, do our reread of, of House of M, but I feel like he was involved with that stuff too, but he's already kind of been redeemed. And I hate yeah. that he's because she hasn't been yet that he is also like kind of stuck away from all yeah. the mutants and everything. I don't because even know where he, he is now. Sister. He had a mini series. He did, yes. Oh, I should read that. I think it was like around the No Surrender time. I think it was like right, not after, was it No Road Home? I think so, yeah. No Surrender, No Road Home, because like he did something where he like went super fast and like disappeared or very Flash-esque. Oh. Um, I don't know if I like that. (laughs) (laughs) But um, I know he got like a miniseries after that. I I, I think I heard it was good. I also did not like that costume that he had with the fast forward symbol on his chest. You um, no, (laughs) not a fan. (laughs) No, ma'am, not a fan. He he runs fast. That is so corny. No, (laughs) he can he can wear anything. (laughs) We do not need a fast forward symbol. (laughs) (laughs) All right. Well, I think that she could totally be redeemed. Um, That's kind of the kind of a quick panel that I wanted to have today. So. Let's take a break and then we'll come back and talk about House of M. Yeah. All right, we are back for the reread section. And this was we a lot of Wanda content. <laughs> yes, <laughs> she's been the big you know topic for this past several weeks. So the last few um, weeks has been a lot of Wanda content. And so this week the reread was um, House of M. Yes, wow. Brian I haven't I haven't read this in so long. Yeah, I didn't either. And first of all, when you originally read House of M, how did you feel? Oh man, so this came out like, I was like ooh, 15, I think, 16 years old, something like that. And and I feel like I was actually like really, really starting to get in more into comics and everything. So at the time of this coming out, I was excited for the ramifications that were going on. It was weird that something that big was kind of happening, you know? Yeah. Um, 
And I remember getting this like <laughs> as it was coming out and like going to the comic book shop and stuff like that. It was an exciting time. And I think back then, I don't think I realized just how big of decimation of was decimation was going to be. Yeah. Or how long it was going to last. Because I okay. think at, at that point, like I had read a bunch of comic books at that point, I had been reading since I was like maybe 10 or something like that. Um, mm-hmm. Anything that I can kind of get my hands on or that my dad gave me. Um, so I was pretty like into comic books and everything like that. And I had already known that most things didn't last that long. Like yeah. if, if somebody died, I, they were coming back soon. And and if somebody mm-hmm. died in a comic I was reading, it was probably something like really an old comic book anyway. And by the time I got to where they were, like at the present time, they had been back around or something like that. So things didn't stick that long. But this, like, I feel like this just got fixed. Like I say, we, this, we, this really just... So, I mean, I guess you could make the argument that it was changed at the end of AVX when Hope, right. Scarlet Witch, and the Phoenix kind of got together to, like, reactivate the mutant gene. But even still, it didn't really feel like that because we weren't really getting, like, the thriving nation of mutants that we were kind of becoming accustomed to. It feels like with Krakoa, that's actually been, uh, you know... It's been like that's circle the resurgence of, yeah. of human mutants again. That's you know? the full circle moment for the mutants and like them coming back and like actually having their life. Because again, no matter what, it was just, it was something big taken from them. And now it's like, okay, we're back and we're actually together. And so it's working. Um, how, I w- I'll admit though, I was actually a fan of Decimation when it first happened. Oh yeah, for sure. I, I mean, when I was, a teenager and this is coming out, I thought this shit was cool. <laughs> like, I, I you know, know I, it was so big and so cool and yeah. all that kind of stuff. Like, it was awesome. Um, and all the powers and everything and everyone, this whole, like, alternate universe stuff, I thought it was really cool at the time. And I, and I think, and even though we had kind of, like, just had Morrison um, use the Sentinel to decimate Genosha, I thought that, once again, kind of, like, depleting the mutant nation or the mutants down to an even smaller number, like you said, just a little under 200, it was such a, it really did take you back to kind of those old stories of being like back against the wall, hated and feared, mutants had to stick together. You know that everybody went to the mansion. Um, we did get like the Sentinel 101 program kind of like coming to monitor them. It was, I guess for me, it felt like the early stages of like a people coming together. It didn't last long. <laughs> they went back to fighting <laughs> each other not too long after. But right. I feel like that's kind of like what should have started those early like pre uh San Fran Krakoa type of moments. It was like this was the moment they all got back together. So appreciate that. Yeah. It definitely was feeling back then, like I said, it was cool to see all that stuff. And um the decimation afterwards brought you back to those kind of earlier Claremont kind of stuff where it was just a very yeah. small group of of mutants and that's yeah. all you were kind of really dealing with. Um yeah, so I liked it when it was first coming out. I thought it was pretty cool. I think it was interesting as I was like going back to going back through this that the Avengers were featured so prominently as like being co-leads of the event. Like it was like, you know, this is the X-Men and the Avengers. And then you get to the final issue and you're kind of like seeing all these huge ramifications for the mutants and like no more mutants and the everyone being depleted and the Avengers are just chilling in the mansion. Right. Or the only power, uh, <laughs> right? The, the only bad thing that really happened to the Avengers was they had to remember. 
yeah, it's like, was it. uh, okay. And then, so. and then, oh, and, and Hawkeye came back to life. Right. Oh, yeah. And I guess that's terrible. <laughs> <laughs> you know, so it, it was just so interesting. I was like, why were the Avengers here? Um, other than to get on my nerves, except for Spider Woman. <laughs> Shout out to Spider Woman because. Yeah, her speech was nice. She was like, look. Maybe this Maybe is just, just time. <laughs> like the mutants are just on top, and we just need to get it together. And I'm just like, right. yes, I feel that. Um, now, was does she can is she considered a mutant at that time or something? Because she was, or was she just an agent? Because in this, all you so as everybody knows, you know, uh, Wanda Maximoff like completely altered the world, um, yeah. which is insane for someone to have that scale of power to changed the world and basically gave everybody what they wanted. And Jessica Drew was one of the agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. And S.H.I.E.L.D. was like all mutants, I guess, right? Yeah, she was on the Red Guard. Yeah, the Red Guard. like the elite team. And I didn't know if that meant that she was a mutant because to me, she is a mutate, right? Because she was experimented on, yeah. so that's how she got her powers. But I wasn't sure if they were trying to like say something there. So, you know, it's interesting as I was kind of reading this, I was thinking about like all the people and like where they were in this world. And I kind of wish, I realized that Bendis didn't go too deep into a lot of like the commentary and like the characterization of the people and like what was going on outside of like a few in the moments where they would remember everything and where they were. But I was wondering if where we saw a lot of those Avengers characters could be a little bit evocative of how Wanda feels about them. Because you had oh. you had people like Carol and Jan and Simon who were like folks who she was close with and they had these very like high profile statuses in the House of M universe. But then you have other characters like Hank Pym or Luke Cage um, and Black Cat who she's not really that close with and they're a little bit farther down the totem pole. It makes you wonder like, how does she feel about the Fantastic Four? Because they were dead completely. Um, right. <laughs> and then, uh, <laughs> Spider-Woman is another character who she's kind of like, I guess, been partnered. Although I think that I've always kind of felt like they didn't have the, or she uh, probably, because it probably Mm -hmm. was intentional for her. They didn't have the Fantastic Four in it because I think that Reed would have figured it out or like broken through somehow. And that would have been bad. Mm -hmm. So she probably had to wish them out of existence. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, I can see that. Um, and then with Spider-Woman, and Spider-Woman was just close with a lot of, like, those people anyway, I think. Like, she's been, yeah. around, you know, and her and Wolverine, like, Bessie. So that's why I assume that Jessica had such a high profile status, which I appreciate because everybody knows I like Spider-Woman. Yeah. And she did keep uh, Franklin Richards, but killed his parents. You yeah. know, well, maybe that that's just means you know, I, I, I just don't the kids, I guess. <laughs> she probably just liked the kids. Um, but you know, also, and uh, I realized Emma had like a lot of leadership moments. She did. She, I mean, felt, to the point where she was calling herself the leader of the X Men yeah, a couple times, and it this. like felt very awkward. <laughs> <laughs> she was very much like, you know, I am the. It's hey, everybody, it's Emma Frost. I am the the leader of the X Men, um, and it was, was interesting to kind of see her kind of take that authoritative. Like, even when Wolverine first gets um, wind of Layla Miller and they start, you know, getting everybody, like, she's the first person he goes to. You know, I kind of th- took that more like he needed to go to a 
telepath that he knew. And I think at that time, she was the biggest, like the most powerful telepath outside of, of Xavier. Jean was dead. And I don't know where Rachel was. Actually, I don't, I don't remember where it was at this time. So like, I think Emma was the next in line. Rachel, Rachel and Betsy had got stuck in the white hot room. Oh, that sounds awful for them. <laughs> it was like, um, it was, uh, they were in Uncanny X-Men at the time and Claremont was writing and it was like this weird tie in. So like the world was going white and <laughs> uh -oh, uh -oh. <laughs> I love Chris Claremont. Um, the world was going white. And so Betsy and Rachel threw up their uh, TK shields. And so this was at the time where Betsy wasn't being affected by reality warping. Jamie had like given her a buff after he had helped resurrect her. Oh, okay. Yeah. Um, so like she wasn't affected by reality warping. So like she, when her and Rachel merged their shields together, like they were both protected. And then I don't know, somehow that meant they got transported to the white hot room, but then they still got transported back to the real world or 616 and still got trapped in the house of him anyway. Right, because I thought but, she was in the house of him. I don't know. Yeah. You know, whatever. Whatever. <laughs> <laughs> Emma was a very big leader of this uh, part. You know, she was around, but I, I felt as though, like, I, I, can, I can understand that, like, he needed a telepath at the time to help. But then it was still, like, she was still kind of calling the shots after that. And it was awkward, especially when you had all these other people around, like Cyclops. Like, one moment, like, Cyclops was like, oh, okay, you know, I am the leader of the X-Men. He gives that big speech on the yeah. uh, helicarrier. He's like, I'm the big, I'm the leader of the X-Men. He kind of, like, points everybody in the right direction. But then, like, at the end, Emma's like, don't say anything, don't do anything unless Mirror Strange tell you to. Right. And I, it was, like, I, okay. honestly, it kind of tells you about the difference between the way that they lead, where um, Cyclops is a tactician and a strategist, mm -hmm. and that's where he excels, and that's where he's going to be the leader. Whereas Emma just forces herself <laughs> to be the boss, okay. and you're going to listen to her because she's got the, <laughs> she's the telepath. So she feels like, you know, y'all going to listen to me. Um, um, how did so you feel about, stuff. you know, because your girl and your boy were, again, both had pretty high profile statuses here and they yes. were like rumored to be dating. Are you a fan of like them together, Carol and Simon? Mm, not really. <laughs> um, I think I think that um, that could be an interesting relationship, I think, um, if it was kind of explored more. But I don't see... I don't see Simon ever really being into Carol that much because of his, the way that he views the Avengers. I think the way that they both approach the Avengers is different. He is very much against forcible power <laughs> is, is that's what's calling the shots. And he, I mean, he was kind of a descent from the Avengers because of that, where he feels like, you know, they aren't the help that they think that they are. Yeah. And that's Carol's whole thing. She thinks that she's the help that people oh, think man. that they need. So you take her help. She <laughs> you take that help. Exactly. And Simon is Simon wants to help, but isn't going to force that help if it's not necessary. So probably not. I've always thought that he should spark something up with She-Hulk. I think that that would be a cute well, thing. Cute. He's her yeah. type. She likes him big and dumb. <laughs> Tall. <laughs> yeah. We share I that think. in common. <laughs> i get it i get it um so yeah i don't know about that one i felt like 
that was also, I think, at that time in Carol's solo, I think that they were starting to do like a little relationship at that time. So mm -hmm. he's probably just pushing that forward. Okay. I do think, how do you feel as though the event kind of held up as a whole in terms of writing? I felt like that it was still very entertaining and still extremely engaging. But I think this go around, I realized how little, I guess, character work there was in it yeah. for a lot of people. Mm -hmm. And I feel like some of the issues drag, like the entire issue where they're kind of like getting all of the heroes and getting the band back together. They have Layla waking people up. I did not think that needed to be an entire issue. Oh, like the way it was like constantly, like every other page was them yeah. waking someone up and doing, getting the whole. And then everybody. we had like, we had like four pages of Spider-Man waking up. Like we didn't need all of that. <laughs> I felt like it was, it's always a thing with Spider-Man and these kind of alt-U stories where at least back then, this is like, you know, 15 years ago that this came out. Yeah. <laughs> you know, I feel like back then they really liked to harp on you got to show Spider-Man losing Uncle Ben again because mm -hmm. or whatever kind of family that you were going to give him. If you change the universe, you have to show him losing that again because that's such a big prominent story for him. Whereas now they don't even do that anymore because I think that that's been drilled so, so much. Yeah. Um, so I think back then I, I would give that a little bit of slack. So for me. Um, that's true. I I do think that this kind of held up, you know, um, story wise, I will say I agree with you that it didn't do a lot for the characterizations necessarily as much as there were mm -hmm. just these like really cool moments that yeah. the characters got, you know. Um, if anything, I thought that it was uh, just way more action heavy than I remember it being. <laughs> yes, like, yes, same. Like I was reading, I was like, gosh, I was like, I did not remember all these people fighting like this this whole time. <laughs> right, I was like, oh, I didn't know, I forgot all this stuff even really happened. Um, it was, yeah, so yeah, I agree. I think that, I think it held up, but I, I it's gonna make think a, that it was. It's gonna make a great movie. Oh yeah, if they ever get to the point of really being able to do what they did with this, in, in the MCU, is, that would be insane. This also feels like the start of AVX. Like, this is where that, like, um, shift in the Avengers-X-Men relationship and that whole separation of those two teams really started because the original feud was, like, what are we going to do with Wanda? You know, the... They, yeah. Professor Xavier calls everybody's there. And he's like, look, Wanda's going crazy. She keeps changing reality. I can't control her. Strange is running out of options. What do we got to do? And when you think about it, it was really a setup because you have <laughs> six X-Men come in and you have like 40 Avengers there. And of course, all the Avengers are her friends and her teammates. They're not going to be like, oh, let's lock her up. Yeah. And again, what Wanda's doing didn't really affect them super heavily. And the Avengers don't care about nobody unless it's right in front of them. <laughs> So exactly. it's like, you know, and I think Emma actually made a really good point. You know, she was like, the X-Men deal with mutant threats. And Kitty was trying to say, like, no, we deal with threats to mutants. And Emma was like, no, we do both. And Wanda right. is both. <laughs> <laughs> and I, agree like, with, I agree with Emma at that point. <laughs> it was just like, you know, it's like Wanda is both. Like, this is something that should be our choice and our responsibility. So and then the Avengers are just like, no, we'll just let them keep working. And then look at what happened. Mm -hmm. I did agree with um, with Kitty at that point too, though, where she was, after everybody had kind of woken up, you know, and, yeah. and uh, after they had kind of been 
Layla had woken everybody up. Kitty was like, you know, I don't know if we should do anything. You know, right before Jessica True kind of gave this speech, Kitty was like, you know, what if what we do like makes things worse? And <laughs> sure enough, sure that's enough. exactly what happened. <laughs> because you never know. What if what they could have just been going along with everything and maybe, I don't know, Scarlet Witch could have gotten to the point of breaking herself out of it. Even when you think about like the way that they kind of went to go fix everything, it was like full on attack mode. Like, bitch, like you know, as soon as everybody's waking up, they're like, oh, we're going to kill Magneto and his kids. <laughs> which, which, which is wild because I feel like if they had known that it was somebody else or who, not mm. even somebody else, if they had known that it was actually Quicksilver who had done all of this, would they have still taken that same approach? Because I feel like Magneto is someone who you can't just come up and try to talk your way out of something. He made up his mind he's going to do whatever he wants to do. And he's got the power to do it. <laughs> so, yeah. um, and with Scarlet Witch being his daughter, he definitely has the power to do it. But yeah. they were all so convinced that Magneto had to have been the one to convince Scarlet Witch to do something like this, which... I feel like if they would have just stopped and I'm defending my homeboy right now. But if they had stopped and thought for just a second, why would Magneto have that kind of relationship where he could influence Wanda like that? You know, it wasn't yeah. like they had been like the best father and daughter kind of relationship or whatever. Yeah. It was strained at best. So I don't know why they why everyone just assumed that it was Magneto. Probably because you know he was also the king or whatever. The king, he was the, world. the king. Um, but I I wonder how things would have gone had they tried to figure out that it was actually Quicksilver before they started to you you know, know, run up on the on the doorstep. It's interesting that you say that because I think about when I first read it, I do remember like, oh yeah, like. Magneto totally convinced her to do this. Like, of course, I didn't second guess it for a second. Oh, yeah, um, me too. <laughs> back then, but, yeah. you know, but even like going back reading now and of course, knowing the twist of it's actually Pietro who kind of like convinces Wanda to do everything. You realize like, yeah, that makes way more sense because that is exactly what Pietro would do. Because at the end of the day, no matter how we feel about Wanda and Pietro, like they love each other. And they're going to do anything to protect each other. Like that is the basis other, yeah. of their relationship. You know, that yeah. is what kind of drives them. Like my sister, my brother. And so him really doing that, saying that to Wanda almost kind of makes you feel bad because it's almost like, again, you know, she's not in her right frame of mind. So it feels a little bit like a manipulation, but mm -hmm. it's also at the same time, you know, there is care. He wants to protect his sister. And she's looking at it at a point where it's like, my brother like loves me. And like, he would never do something that would intentionally put me in harm's way. Mm -hmm. And so here and they he go, they didn't even out. say like, I want everyone to be gone or to even yeah. wish their father out of the way. He told her like, you have the power, Wanda, to make everybody happy. Whatever you just did it. Yeah. And he's like, and in that way, you're going to be happy. And she was. Yeah. She was up there with the boys, with little Billy. And you Tommy. saw, you, you saw little Billy. Little <laughs> His bowl cut. Little, little house of him. Mm -hmm. um, which... The fashions of the House of M family. Oh, yes. My girl Lorna. <laughs> Hot girl Lorna. Yes. <laughs> when she gave you that gold so, with the gold on. Yes. It was like crazy to me that like the family was like all wrapped up in these like regal garbs and like jewelry. But then you had the boys and they got in, like these little suits. <laughs> <laughs> right. 
but also, why did Lorna like disappear from the um, big battle in Genosha at the end? Did you realize that? Yeah. So like, it's she had this like magnetic field up, and then it was like she was like, "Hey, I can't, I can't keep this up forever. Like, get Wanda out of here." And then the next thing we see is Wanda is she was gone. She I don't know if that out. just meant I don't know if that meant like Wanda wished her away or something, but she just like was gone. After she that. was out. And, you know, so when I think about that battle, there were a lot of fun moments that I actually thought were going to kind of carry over. So like, well, one, I thought that when Rogue was fighting Storm and Namor mm-hmm. and her eyes go green because she had touched Layla, she had a little bit of Layla's powers. I was sure that the next issue Storm or Namor had like been woken up and they was about to help the battle and like all hell was gonna break loose. That didn't happen. Storm, I mean not Storm, uh Rogue got the the Captain Marvel powers. She touched Nova. Oh, she touched Nova? Mm-hmm. I, I don't know how that I don't know how that worked. Th- oh no, she had because she Genis. had touched, yeah, again, Genesis. Yeah, she touched Genesis Phil. Um, um and I think he's got was- like his own natural powers, I think. I always I thought I thought his powers came from the Nega Bands. The bands, the bands, yeah. right? The, yes, yeah. that's what I was thinking as well. <laughs> I thought so too. So like when she touched him and got his powers, I was like, I don't know how that worked. <laughs> I was like thinking about that the second time. I was like, this is so confusing. I was like, I'm pretty sure that's not how his powers work. But I was like, maybe I just don't. And you know, I, I just got into the cosmic side not too long ago. I was like, so maybe right. it's like there's something there. I don't know. No, but he's, I've he's rem- definitely used them from the bands. <laughs> <laughs> but I do remember when that happened. A lot of people thought Rogue was gonna like have cosmic powers again like in the, <laughs> Why? In the universe came back i'll never forget because i was like on some forum back then and like the world i'll get that girl like, a lot hype. They, were hype. <laughs> they were like oh she's about to have like these cosmic powers when we get back she's gonna be this new blazing hero out in space and i was just like i don't i think it's mm. just like a little fun thing for this moment i don't think it's gonna stick right uh, <laughs> and it didn't but it was fun it was fun it was nice to see she had she had a ghost it was cool to see when she was kind of i've always enjoyed whenever rogue kind of gets a bunch of different powers at the same time and and uses them um again i think that the Gannis bell touch thing is just something because i don't even remember this being hype back then it must be something that just bendis and olivia Mm -hmm. quapel just kind of got away with (laughs) because i don't think i don't think anybody ever really like brought that up because it probably was a cool moment that she stood there with these cosmic abilities and Quicksilver tried to run into her and he got <laughs> smacked like, nah. right back. Like, <laughs> right. Nah. Right. So that part was really cool. Um, do you feel like everyone got what they wanted in this universe? Or was this, or do you think kind of what you said earlier that it was more so how how Scarlet Witch kind of saw them? I don't know. I th- and that's one thing I think and I, I feel like House of M has been revisited once or twice, but I kind of wish that's something that we would have got a little bit more insight into of Wanda's mindset when she was like creating this world. Again, of course, a lot of the heroes on the Avenger side are human. So you can make the argument that they were so down low in status because, you know, humans just weren't on top. But then you see humans like Carol and Simon and mm-hmm. Jessica who are like thriving in this universe. Um, even Hank Wasp who, is a yeah, Wasp, well-known a, designer. <laughs> yeah, you know what I'm saying? So it's, uh, I really wish we would have gotten a little bit more into that. It just maybe like an issue of her like actually creating the world and just giving a, a little commentary on here, people here and there, just so we can say, okay, yeah, maybe this is how, how she feels about them. Or maybe it's how Pietro feels about them. You know, it's wild that this is such a prominent story for her. I feel like, 
so often people just turn straight to this if anyone is talking about the Scarlet oh, Witch, yeah. you know, but she's barely in it. <laughs> like, like literally she's in like two issues yeah <laughs> this is i feel like this is such a known story for scarlet witch it's like house of m even to the point of people wanting to see it in live action but she is in it like maybe three times <laughs> and we like never really she's... even get to see her like her viewpoint this is i feel like sometimes people compare this to like the dark phoenix saga where mm -hmm. It's the story of this woman and all of her power or whatever. The difference is we saw Jean kind of gain this power and she had it for a while, completely under control. And then it was, of course, the problems of men that, that got mm -hmm. in her way <laughs> and caused her to go towards a darker side. Whereas in with, with, with Wanda, we see her have these powers and they grow naturally as, as powers normally do. But we never really got this beat in the head space of how she felt that they were affecting the world. It was always from the people on the receiving end. Um, so I would hope that probably going forward that she gets some kind of look more into her head. Hope that she can oh, do absolutely. more about like her as a person than just her powers and how they affect everybody. Agreed. Um, when I think about, oh, when I think about the, the conversation that she was having with Dr. Strange and, you know, they're talking about the reveal of, Pietro and how he convinced her and her powers and all of that stuff. Strange makes the comment that how she created Layla Miller to yeah. find them. And then we came back later in X Factor when Pat was writing her and he kind of gave her a new origin mm -hmm. where, you know, it's actually that she just remembers everything. Do you have a preference? Did you like that Wanda created her or did you kind of like dig the pad retcon? I was i don't know i went back and forth i liked the idea that um layla was like a fail safe or whatever yeah. um and i even like the fact that it was kind of left ambiguous that like you can kind of interpret it however you want to because strange came to her and was like to wanda and was like you know i know that you created layla miller as like a fail safe for this and wanda was like i don't even know who that is yeah, she, and she's talking about who the hell is that? And Strange was like, well, of course you don't. You've changed so much of this reality. You probably have no idea who that is. So like, it's kind of left up into interpretation of whether or not she actually did that versus if Layla was just a regular girl. I kind of was under the impression that I like the, I lean towards her being a regular girl and just being okay. someone who, who remembered and her mutant power is she just knows stuff. Yeah. Um, versus the kind of failsafe thing with Wanda. It's it's a cool premise um, that, you know, that she created this world and she also created something that could snap everything wow. out of it. Um, but I feel like, actually, no, that's actually kind of cool that she would do something like in kind of subconsciously, like unintentional. Yeah, to stop herself. Um, at least that's how I would hope her powers kind of work because they can get <laughs> It can get a little out of control, but I think that she, um, I like that she was just kind of a regular, a regular girl. I think for me, I don't, I didn't mind it. I actually enjoyed the theory that she did create Layla. I think without it, I'm just kind of confused as how Layla got the power to wake everybody up. Right. I just assumed that was her mutant power. She was yeah, just so, a guffin. So in the pad retcon, he actually makes it so she says, 
that she used to be a mutant like she had like horns and stuff like that but then the whole thing is that she knows stuff because she's she has like hijinks with time travel so she's like going to the future she's like oh. hung out with doom she's like learned some magic stuff and then her other power is that she can like bring people back from the dead because she brought strong guy back from the dead i think I but like that, yeah. he doesn't have his soul or something like that i don't know maybe i got it maybe we need to do like a little layla miller panel so we can go back and through and see what's going on there because i got some that, questions that pad run of x factor is a part of my like deep dive that i'm still going through so when i get to that point hopefully that oh, becomes clearer i i haven't read that i don't think in years it's been a while so um i don't remember a lot of that layla stuff i'm gonna assume that everything that you said was right and if so i prefer, <laughs> <laughs> i prefer her to have just been created by <laughs> by Wanda oh, yeah. at that point, yeah. Because <laughs> all that extra stuff was doing too much. Her being a failsafe is actually still kind of cool, so. Yeah. Um, um, and so, you know, obviously House of M brings the infamous line, no more mutants. You know, mm -hmm. after mm -hmm. Magneto is woken up, he's like furious. He goes on his tirade. He attacks Quicksilver, basically kills him yes, in front does. of everybody, which also like, Go up for Magneto on that point. Talk about the master of magnetism, uh, master of magnetism Speak and his it. power. He <laughs> walks up in there, stops that entire battle, hems yep. everybody <laughs> up, grabs Quicksilver and says no, and just like attacks him in front of everybody. And it's like no one can do anything. <laughs> I, know, like, I know that's right. <laughs> like, what else are you gonna do? Um, but of course, Wanda. Caesar okay, okay. cuz you know who can do something? <laughs> Wanda. <laughs> Wanda sees it all over her tower. She comes down, she stops Magneto, she heals uh shut his mouth off. <laughs> makes his mouth disappear. She goes on her tirade about how mutants are not the next in line, how they're freaks, how they're horrible people, how they cause all these bad things, how she hates being one. And then she says, "No more mutants." The world goes white again. The world flashes we get to that final issue again we see emma waking up at the mansion tons of kids are like realizing they don't have their powers we find out Iceman has lost his powers danny moonstar has lost her abilities uh wolverine has regained all of his memories and magneto himself has also lost his powers couldn't move that fork that was so sad yeah, I was I was feeling for him then. He was just reaching forward and just couldn't move that fork. And the Ecuador um, being so mean to him. Right. <laughs> they came up like, there and just uh, <laughs> hopped out their plane and started to beat his ass. <laughs> he and didn't again, even do nothing. And again, like you said, it was like he didn't even do anything. <laughs> do nothing. Like, and like we saw how he didn't do anything. Like we were like Strange literally told everyone, oh no, it wasn't Magneto. It was Pietro. <laughs> and they still came to him and just was like, no, we're going to beat your ass anyway. Like, <laughs> it's elder abuse. See how they do it, uh, man. <laughs> so I thought that was pretty. And then you got Wanda who's just like chilling up in the mountains with her basket and her red hood on mm -hmm. shopping happy as can be kicking it's it just awful. like oh i'm i'm good good luck y'all <laughs> i will say that one thing that didn't hit for me in the event and it was even more so when on this reread was the whole uh mystery around xavier's disappearance yeah um i couldn't tell what that they were trying to like kind of say with that did i assume weird. that they did Wanda like get rid of him? I don't even remember where he went or like what happened. 
or how we found him after this. But um, yeah. it, it, it was always the thing because it was like, oh, you're trying to find him. It's like, again, we know that the mansion doesn't exist because the X-Men never existed here. You know, like that's not a thing. Mm-hmm. So it was like, you never really thought he was dead. But then, you know, they kept doing the like pages of him being surrounded by these people with like tears in his eyes but then we saw his grave but then like cloak went to the grave and was like there's nothing down there it's just like dirt and rocks right um and then at the end we still don't know where he is (laughs) yeah he's just gone (laughs) again i think that he was one of those characters that you couldn't have in this because he would be too powerful that he could wake everybody up and Mm. the story would be over um so the mystery of him not being around wasn't hitting for me because I just assumed that he couldn't be around because there Agreed. there would be and no story like, there. And it was like, you know, and I did. So it's like, right. you know, it's like <laughs> that was weird. Um, I don't remember I don't remember how he came back. I gotta go back and read some of these older books because I don't remember how he like came back from all this. See Wanda and magic it just messes things up. <laughs> and <laughs> yeah. I mean overall though I feel like so many people when they start to kind of get into comics are really pointed towards House of M to kind of be their starting point, really, because I feel like, honestly, before House of M and kind of actually Avengers Disassembled too, like around that era was when like the modern age of comics started to really take off. And like we got to have a lot more stories that were again back to relating to what's going on out in the world um that we kind of really got away from in the 90s and all that kind of stuff um Mm -hmm. we got back to really representing some stuff and made the characters feel more real especially on the marvel side and like the art changed a lot more around that time too it became a lot more um like animated looking and Mm -hmm. a lot more like uh a lot less uh the, like the figures look more real, <laughs> you know, <Yeah>. versus, the, <laughs> versus the stuff that was coming out in the 90s. So um, I always feel like people kind of point to, oh, where do I start with comics? You kind of just go start a house of them and go forward from yeah. there. Because the art um, was great. It was just like really good. Oh, art. yeah. And again, like is like an amazing artist. One of my favorites. Legend. Yeah. And it's like you said, it was just it was very action heavy. And it's, it's, it's a big event. It's something that, like I said, it's going to be a great movie. Oh, for like, sure when we see that on live action like all those heroes riding down on that sentinel and like jumping off to like go fight all the other Mm. shield agents everything and lorna coming out in her hot girl outfit you know (laughs) and then then leaving when it's time to leave (laughs) she said oh i don't have that she said i'm not i'm not doing this (laughs) y'all are doing too much um and that girl is crazy so it's time for me to go Yeah, I thought it was nice though, because again, I think I don't know. Me and you have talked about it—the relationship that Lorna and Wanda had. I really wish we could have got more into the family dynamics and just like again, like the characters of this world and how that would have seen. Mm-hmm. It would have been nice to see how Lorna and Wanda interacted in the House of M, knowing the type of relationship that they have in Six One Six. Yeah, they've kind of touched on it recently. I think during that whole Secret Wars era, where they did the House of M again you know, mm-hmm. and people were doing it and stuff. And Lorna was in that book. And again, she, her and Wanda, like, <laughs> they're just not friends like that. <laughs> <laughs> and, um, you know, Lorna is just like, 
we don't we are related but we just don't have that much in common like that we just view the world differently um want this is yeah you know they could get along it's an alternate universe mm. They, don't they did that. that um, <laughs> <laughs> did you ever read that um, that Exiles book that had like oh yeah a version of Polaris in it? I've heard that. I've actually never read that, but I've heard that that's a pretty good. Uh, it's a decent little. Um, it's I think it's only like six issues, and then it got canceled. But uh, okay. I remember there was a version of Polaris in that who met a version of Scarlet Witch, and she's like, "No, I am your sister." She's like, "What's mm. up? How you doing?" And that was like, "Okay, okay." She probably was like feeling insecure about you know where she fit Stop with the house it. of M. <laughs> <laughs> but you know i think that they they are the kind of siblings where they appreciate each other and and all that kind of stuff but they just aren't like super close <laughs> you know uh okay. lorna's lorna's from the west coast you know chilling over there while wanda is whatever <laughs> yeah, up in the mountains up in the mountains read. <laughs> with her hood on. Okay, she loves that hood. <laughs> mhm. <laughs> I think she just she likes to like it. travel around like she's a little red riding hood or something. And then, how did you feel about some of the other stuff that? Was, oh, so I think the big thing that really kind of got me at the end was they had those pages and the newscasters were talking about like the energy, you know, mm-hmm. all the energy of these mutants has gone away, it's disappeared, and then we see like the big ball of it up in outer space, which eventually leads to the resurrection of Vulcan. Mm-hmm. Um, were you like cool with that happening with the energy? Did you think something else was going to go down with that? Did you feel like that was actually going to be the return of the mutant power somewhere? Um, I, I knew that eventually that was going to be the return of the powers in some way. I liked it because of obviously science, <laughs> you know, yeah. you can't uh, create or destroy energy. It just transfers and i think that that was a really cool like concept there um i wasn't my first mind when they had it like out there in the in space like that was phoenix that that like that like i don't know that the phoenix force is going to absorb all this energy and something and something like that was going to come back which obviously like the phoenix ended up being the thing that kind of fixed it or whatever but i so that actually would have been a full circle moment yeah but i think that the the vulcan Resurrection was cooler because I do like Vulcan. I think he's a cool character. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> he's a fun villain. <laughs> all right. And so all in all, House of M, what would you rate it? Okay. Back then, this was the shit. And I probably would have given it like a five out of five. Everybody go read this because, wow, this okay. is game changing. Today, I would probably give it more of a... Uh, probably like a 3.5 today okay. because okay. it's still it's still a very great uh, book but it's a lot less character focused than I like my kind of yeah. stories to be and my bigger events to be um, it felt more blockbuster event than I remember it being <laughs> you know Definitely. I, I don't remember it being this big of a like popcorn blockbuster thing so I definitely go more 3.5 okay 3.5. I agree with that Back then, yeah, definitely would have given it a five out of five. Right now, 3.5 out of five. Very good. Yeah. All right, y'all. Well, that brings us to the end of the show. Oh, wanted to make this announcement that um, another relaunch is going to be joining the YouTube space. So be on the lookout for 
yes, be on the lookout for us to be coming out on YouTube so you can see us and watch us do the same kind of stuff we've been doing on this show and have a lot of fun with us and these comic book characters. Um, so right now you can find us at Another Relaunch on Twitter. Um, you can email us any kind of suggestions or questions you may have at anotherrelaunch at gmail.com. You can find me at UncannyLZ. I'm on most social media platforms under that, so uh, you can find me there. Keenan, where can they find you? You can find me at Keenan Lance, and you know there's an underscore at the end. I know that's right. All right, y'all. So <laughs> we are out of here. Um, yeah, check us out next week and on YouTube. Yeah. All right, bye. Thank you.